broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, guys, if you're listening to Twitch, that's why, uh, <laughs> that's what that is. We're live here on a uh, near to no basis, Phoenix 92.5 FM. We listen to this on Phoenix 92.5 FM. It is Saturday, and you're more than welcome to join us. Um, we said a little bit different this week. Finally upgraded the equipment, Kane. So, uh, won't, <laughs> we, no one sounds like a robot this time, so happy days. But I rather like the novelty of that. I thought it was cool. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we'll break it out for special occasions then. <laughs> Just break the equipment. Uh, how are you keeping, sir? Very well, thanks. A uh, bit of a slow news week after the explosion that was uh, the San Diego Comic-Con, but looking forward to our own one coming up in the next week or two. What about you, sir? Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. I- I've been busy. I've been very, very mm-hmm. busy. Uh, finished up in college, finally. My odyssey with college is almost over. We're nearly there. Nearly uh, there. So, you know, I'm not dead yet. Hmm. But I feel like it. <laughs> uh, it's getting I there. Com- and... I completely understand. And actually, I finally found time to see the Spider-Man Far From Home. Ah, yes. What do you think? I loved it to bits. It Brilliant. took a while to warm up, but I loved all the twists and turns. I loved... Uh, I won't go into spoilers, obviously, but that horror sequence... Oh, it's very good. In the second act yeah, yeah, really yeah. made the film for me. I loved it. I thought it was better than the first one. I agree. I agree. I think it was one of those movies that um, gets better on subsequent viewings. I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it the first time. It is very, very slow, but then mm-hmm. it kind of builds up and, you know, I, I thought the, the emotional punch as well was quite good. I watched a review where someone kind of rewrote the movie oh. from the perspective that Edith didn't make any sense. And that he believes that the Iron Spider should have been the the MacGuffin of the movie. Oh, I see. Okay, well, that's that's not entirely fair to any movie. Like, you know, no movie should live up exactly to your specific expectations. For sure. Like, I, I see his point now, to be fair. I'm like, I, I kind of liked the way they went and I wouldn't have changed it. But the way he said it was basically, if Mysterio got the Iron Spider costume he would actually have superpowers you know in the way and uh, i'm like oh, okay, okay that kind of like, and i was just like okay you're just nitpicking for just the sake of it you know but it, it ties into uh, uh, something later on which i, I want um <laughs> I, i'm expecting a, a an interesting reaction to um I, i've done some thinking about joel schumacher's batman series Okay, we're starting off the controversy early this week. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're going to hold that over. <laughs> but I, I want to uh, whet people's appetite to it because uh, I watched a video that is very entertaining and also kind of has altered my opinion on most of it. But also, again, you know, I grew up with um, with those Batman movies, not not Batman and Robin, but the the most clear Batman movie that I can remember as a child was Batman Forever. 
Oh, yeah. So I do have a soft spot for that. But we're not going to get into that just yet. Uh, we do have a lot to kind of get through first before we get there. Uh, you're saying it's a slow week, man. It's not really. <laughs> like, I was, I was going through it. I'm like, oh, we talked about this earlier. And then after I was, I did some research, I was like, well, there's actually quite a lot. Um, going to talk about the boys as well. At the moment, the best thing which you can watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that. But before we get to it, we are not this Sunday, next Sunday is our panel at Dublin uh, Dublin Comic Con uh, next Saturday it starts full so you know if you haven't got tickets guys go get tickets it's going to be great you're going to be there the full weekend Keen. I'm gonna, probably going to be there the full weekend as well yeah look out for the parents dressed up as the 1st and 13th Doctor respectively and the little baby in the pushchair TARDIS that'll be us <laughs> I love it that's fantastic um yeah, and the good news is we got uh, cards as well. So we have uh, Nerd to Know Media cards. So, you know, if you oh, want one, pick them up, guys. Very exciting. Yeah, it, it, we're going all out this year. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't usually get excited until, like, the, the day of. But we'll have, um, we'll have try to get Olivia on the show next week to kind of hype up the show and uh, w- what people can expect at uh, D- Dublin Comic Con this year. But let's run through it, Keen. You printed off the list um, of what people can expect, so give me the rundown there. Is there anything that sticks out to you? Well, obviously, the first thing of any Comic Con is the guests. We have Pom uh, Clementif, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 onwards. Uh, are you like? Are you a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy yourself? Oh, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be super yeah. fun. So, uh, yeah, definitely a good grab there. Yeah. So she has a talk on from noon on the Saturday. So definitely want to go to that kind of a question and answer type thing. She was also in the uh, Black Mirror episode, Striking Vipers, about the kind of the two guys who fall in love while playing the what was it called, Street Fighter type game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I'd put it. All right. So she was the in-world fighting character in that. So very excited to meet her. There's also Lufra Rigno uh, at 2 o'clock. You know him, the original Hulk from the TV series in the 70s? Yes. And yes. Uh, not only in the 70s, but also he does the voice for the Hulk in the MCU. And also does the voice in the cartoon series. Really? I didn't know yeah. about the cartoon series. Yeah, he's still, well, he, not of Bruce Banner, obviously, but uh, of the Hulk, yeah. Oh, fantastic! Okay, so he's still uh, he's that... still the Hulk. <laughs> yes, uh, my Hulk. only kind of experience with him outside of the Hulk is he plays the world's strongest hero in Adventure Time or something like that, some sort of legendary figure. Right. No experience with Adventure Time, but I'll take your word on it. If you need a good laugh and a good nightmare, Adventure Time's good for that. <laughs> uh, uh, be... Those for... be the guests. Oh, you go on first. Sorry. No, no, they're the guests that you're looking for, is it, in particular? Yes, but we also have, uh, I'm not entirely familiar with their backgrounds, we have Alex Sinclair, uh, Richard Brake, and Roger Clark as well, uh, as far as the guests go in the talks. Any of those names ring a bell for you? Alex Sinclair, not so much. Uh, I know he's a comic book guy. He's worked with Jim Lee and stuff. Um, name that sticks out to me, though, is Richard Brake. You know, I think I talked about this. He was in Doom, and he also was the, yes, the Night King. Yes, we did talk about this at length, yes. So uh, that's going to be cool. Uh, Roger Clark, um, I, I know he's the voice of uh, Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2, a game I haven't played. 
but you know if you're a fan whatever oh well like it certainly is the year of red dead exactly in that case for anyone listening at home alex sinclair is at one o'clock yes lou ferrigno is at two o'clock uh richard brake is at three o'clock and roger clark is at four o'clock so those are the q and a's running through most of saturday there yeah uh what what else sunday looking uh sunday uh we have at noon we have holly marie combs uh, and Charisma Carpenter, uh, who I believe are from uh, Buffy and Charmed, respectively, or possibly the other way around. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I've missed out on Buffy and Charmed growing up, but I know loads of my friends really? are very excited to meet them. Yeah, Dude, well, yeah. Uh, Buffy, Buffy is good. Angel's a better show. Watch Angel. I've, all the funny clips I've seen over the years, like A Dance of Joy, has been from Angel, funnily enough. Yeah, and, and Charisma's actually in... in uh, She plays Cordy in Bo, uh, Buffy and Angel. So, you know, if you haven't seen both, I would say, as an adult... Look, as a kid, watching Buffy's fantastic. Like, But as an adult, Angel's a much better show. So I would say, man, go watch Angel. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, they are at noon and one o'clock on the Sunday. Mm. And there's also Patrick Warburton at two o'clock. These are the Q and A's, by the way. If you want to meet them, they will be doing signings throughout the days. But as far as the Q and A panel things, right? Patrick Warburton, who I suppose most people would know him from Family Guy as Joe, but he's also Kronk in The Emperor's New Groove, yeah. Lemony Snicket in the series of unfortunate events, voice in loads and loads of things. He's on at two o'clock. He was the guest who very graciously stepped in when the actor who played Luke Cage couldn't make it. So I'm definitely going to go to him to support him. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, that's someone who I'm actually looking forward to uh, to meet. He also played the Tick as well in the original. Oh TV yes, show. of course, the Tick. How yeah. can I forget that? So I'm I'm actually he's he's someone on my list to meet anyway. Um, him and Charisma, I think, are the two I'm going to hit. Mm. I also love the Emperor's New Groove, so like, <laughs> yeah, gonna have to. But I think Patrick uh, War, Warburton is going to be packed out. I think that's the one that's probably going to have the longest line. Yeah, funny enough, I would have guessed Paul Clemente, but I think you're right, actually. I think he's been in so many shows and franchises that mean a lot to people. Yeah. Definitely, you'll be fighting in the queues to try and meet him. Exactly, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you mind if I give a shout-out to some... Cause, because we're going to be there. Do you mind if I give a shout-out to some other events that are happening? Go for it, man. Well, on the Saturday, we have a few interesting things looking like this. So we've got horror and manga and Japanese pop culture at 11 on the Saturday. Uh, are you into anime, Japanese culture in general, that kind of stuff? Very much so. I am very much a weeb. Ah, uh, yes, good. Okay, we uh, have to ask Bryn if he's a weeb too, see he if is. we can rename the podcast. He is. <laughs> the weeb collector. The weeb collector. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, for people who are looking to get more into the industry, we actually have a few things. We've got Portfolio Prep and Social Media, uh, hosted by Rob Carey. We have Games and Education. Uh, that's on at 1 o'clock still on Saturday. UFOs, Ireland's Best Kept Secret. I'm going to go to that. Uh, that's going to be whopper. <laughs> I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I just saw that there. I'm like, I'm going to that. I don't care. Yeah, it's either going to be brilliant or awful. It doesn't awful matter. Brilliant. It doesn't matter. We'll have we'll have Ray on the show afterwards. It'll be fantastic. Oh, definitely. Let him make his case. Uh <laughs> For people who want to crack into voiceover, there is a panel at 3 o'clock on the Saturday hosted by David Keegan and Stephen Lynch. And after that, there is an animation panel at 4 o'clock. So Saturday's events, apart from the Q&As, seem to be very centered on people who want to entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially 
sorry about that, get involved in geek culture and all that kind of stuff. Any other events jump out to you from the Saturday there? Oh man, like I didn't read this beforehand, but definitely the horror in manga, Japanese pop culture, I have to. I yeah. think that'd be great. Um, and the UFO one, man, that's, you know, but also, you know, uh, I know Rob, uh, who owns Subsidy, so, you know, I'll probably pop in and, and have oh, a look at that. that so. I didn't realize it was that Rob. Oh, yeah, okay, that, fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to try to be there too. Um, like, I, I have to say, the thing about panels, and Brendan and myself did it last year or the year before, where we did every single panel. <laughs> uh it's it's exhausting so you know what it's we'll have i'll have to see how we do it. but there's three of us this year so i think we'll be able to hit all the panels uh oh, some we'll capacity. make a plan will we yeah yeah we'll make a plan and see what there is but uh no definitely the the two there that really stick out to me are um the horror one and the ufo one i think that's that's fantastic well, I'm sincerely sorry. I forgot I had a second page here. So oh. also on the Saturday, in a separate room, panel room two, uh, you're going to love this. Harry Potter and its role in education. Oh, my God. I need to show up to this. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be very brave to go to that oh, after God. the last two weeks. Uh, good luck with that. Selling Indie Comics, hosted by Casey Pierce of Sourcepoint Press. So more people who want to get involved in the industry. Uh, one I'm looking forward to, Star Trek Discovery after two seasons, hosted by USS Kukolan. They're the guys who always host the, you know, that Star Trek ship you can sit into that's been there at Comic-Con the last few times. Yes. They're good people. I'm definitely oh, wow. going to go with that. Uh, making Friends by Swinging Swords at 2 <laughs> o'clock on the Saturday. Uh, why not? <laughs> why, why not? not? <laughs> uh writing for comics four so more uh stuff for getting into comics how to get into the industry hosted by digit games okay and uh oh actually hold on oh, hold on there's been on. a change there's been a change apparently that has uh that panel now is the harry potter quiz <laughs> really yeah not joking so are you just gonna give a saturday a miss if it's all this <laughs> harry potter stuff or no i just need to wait for my short to arrive and then i can go <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, there, uh, there, there is no shirt. There is no shirt. Um, no, I sure. just you know, out of that list, uh, there's not a whole heck of a lot there that would be interesting. To be fair, I do kind of check. Mm. I do want to check out the making friends by swinging swords. I think that's super yeah. fun. And yeah. writing for comics for uh, that might be worth checking out. But you know, the cool thing about it is, and I think what they've done this year with the panels, and I do have to hand it them. Uh, they've made them extremely diverse as in like there is literally something for everyone in all these panels so that's class yeah and I will say I won't go into full detail on Sunday because I know you've got a lot to talk about Right. but Sunday has lots of cosplay comic con stuff competing in cosplay yeah. uh, how to make your first costumes so yeah all the kind of comics games making stuff seems to be on the Saturday and we are certainly on the Sunday and there's also going to be a lot of kind of smartphone games and your first costume stuff on the sunday so yeah it seems to be a nice range of events a nice range of guests so i'm very excited for this year and here's the thing though as well like what i will say if anyone who hasn't been to comic-con before and they're kind of like oh it's going to be too busy go sunday i'm not just saying that because we're on sunday don't think that i mean like personally saturday is always crazy and it's always where you know we're always really busy because we're trying to do all the press stuff and that sunday you know i usually pay myself to go in 
and you know I don't go in as a, as a member of the press. This year is different because we're, we're doing a panel, but uh, usually I just kind of go, yeah, I'll just you know go in and hang out. But um, uh, can I give a shout to somebody actually uh, who's gone who has something at Comic Con this year as well? By all right? means, yeah, of course. Yeah, so if you guys want to purchase things, and there's lots of great vendors at Comic Con uh, always. But uh, go over and find my friend. Um, her shop is called Not the Beads. You can check her on not <laughs> notthebeads.com on Instagram. Yeah, it's it's a clever name, uh, and she does some fantastic jewelry. So you can kind of get necklaces, bracelets, earrings, the the whole shebang, all across the board. Um, she is going to be there throughout the whole Comic Con. So go check her out. Not the Beads. <laughs> not the beads.com not the beads instagram all that kind of stuff uh yeah so there you go and uh, and you bring up a great point if, even if none of these events appeal to you like just traveling around the floor and seeing things is fun in and of itself i think twice we've brought uh, my friend and her and his young six-year-olds to right. comic-con and for her it's been like disneyland following all the getting pictures with characters from moana and going to supporting all of the local kind of business and stuff like we got a commissioned art piece of her in her costume like there's absolutely loads and loads to see i cannot recommend comic-con highly enough no and look you know i've been going to comic-con you know ever since it was out in the out in swords and out further went and it's grown from strength to strength you know when we have olivia on it's always something i i make a point of saying to her that you know they've done such a great job you know, you don't have to be into all this kind of stuff. And look, you know, for years I didn't go with the panels. I was just like, oh, I just like walking around. And then I realized, oh, wait, the panels are actually really good. So that added a new layer. You know, I think it depends what you want to go for. You can spend, you can spend two hours in there. You can spend the whole day. You can spend the whole weekend. I think if you haven't gone, go. You know, it's just it's an experience that is unlike anything else. Um, you know... It, personally i enjoy the gungdam building i think that's super fun <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with it is uh i already have so many gungdam kits but i always walk away with two or three anyway so at least it's not, not a bad problem to have though it is though when you have like six and you're like i don't need any more of these but you still buy one anyway <laughs> uh, look i've been watching evangelion all week they've just put it back on netflix i can just say i i could with a few more Gundams send them my way oh fair enough fair enough asking you shall receive um, <laughs> but you know I, I do like the fact the way you can build that kind of stuff I haven't done any of the tabletop gaming myself because you know it's just we just haven't got time there's just so much but uh, do go guys if, if you're on the fence and you're going oh I don't want to go it's worth it um, you won't regret it and you'll want to go back so uh, yeah that's going to that's going to you know we'll put a pin in the dcc stuff there for a while until uh until next week when we do our final push again we are doing a panel at it at three o'clock on the sunday uh if you can make it great if you can't boo you uh <laughs> no if you do want to contribute you can email us at uh nerdsnowmedia.com sorry sorry nerdsnowmedia nerdsnowmedia at gmail.com uh or nerdsnowmedia on twitter is how you can get your suggestion as well keen Let's switch gears here, man, uh, because, you know, we do have a lot to get through and we're 20 minutes deep. So uh, <laughs> let's get to it. I watched one of the best shows I've ever seen this week. OK, tell me all about it. Right. And I did not expect the show to be as good as it is. It's a show called The Boys, right? This the is based the boys. Yeah, it's based on Garrett Ennis' uh, book. You know, and I read. I 
these books were given to me four or five years ago. I, I subsequently sold them. I uh, wish I didn't sell them, but I just didn't have the room, you know. Uh, I sold them, but uh, or I gave them away. I don't remember which one. Anyway, the point is, I I had re- I had read them anyway and really enjoyed them, but I I didn't think any more of it, you know. And then this show popped up. I'm like, oh well, okay, they're actually going to go with the boys as a series. Now it only has one season so far, eight episodes, so it's not a very long show. Uh, and I think it's probably going to be four or five seasons, to be fair, because you know they've only scratched the surface of of this world, right? Well, I've 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 kind of heard that it's a superhero anti superhero type show. So why don't you tell us what it's about? Okay, basically, imagine the Justice League as people, and not only okay. as people, but they're kind of a holes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't they don't really care what happens. They're they're more about looking good as superheroes. They're kind of doing whatever they want, right? So. You kind of get this new dystopian view of a superhero, right? So I, I'm not gonna not gonna ruin too much, but the the the, the wheels in motion and what gets the plot going. The Flash stand-in literally runs through the main character's girlfriend, right? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and it's graphic and horrifically violent, and you're like, oh my god! And he doesn't care. He just right. doesn't care, right? So that's what that's what's the, and then uh, Carl Urban shows up as Billy Butcher and he's like, "Hey, all right, I'm sold. Carl yeah. Urban's in it. I'm in." I, I know that's what I was like. I really want to see what they did, but Carl Urban he gives one of the best performances. He shows up and he's like, "Hey, my job is to make soups pay for what they've done," and that's what that's what the boys are. They're kind of like you, the they hold the soups accountable for what they've done and they're trying to like unravel. They're basically a rogue CIA uh, group. It's fantastic. Okay, so it's kind of taken the angle of like the cleanup crew. It's like it's about from the point of view of people who've been messed about by superheroes. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. It's fantastic, dude. It's so good. Now it is, it is extremely violent. Uh, it's the language is unreal, and uh, you know, there's some distressing scenes in it. Okay, but it is what it is, right? Um, I would say if anyone is a fan of Justice League as well, I think they really enjoy it because there's you know a superhero. Sorry, there's a Superman stand in, there's a Batman stand in, there's uh, you know uh, my favorite character actually is a Wonder Woman stand in called Queen Maeve, <laughs> and I, I was like that's great, you know, but um, there's some there's some very standout scenes in it like there's uh, I'm not going to ruin it too much but there's a part where they're in the they're trying to save uh and they basically redo 911 uh oh. where they go in and they're trying to save this plane from being hijacked and mm. you know yeah it sticks with you Holy moly. Well, it's funny, actually, because a, a friend of mine has seen it, and he's been deliberately watching it slowly because he's been enjoying it so much. Yeah, I kind of ran through he, it. Yeah. The way he described it, I was getting vibes of, like, Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen, very kind of like, as you say, Superman stand-in being this authoritarian-type figure, all that kind of stuff. Would they be fair comparisons? Kind of, but not really. Okay. Be- because it's not... I think they're too simplistic. This is very layered. It's very, very layered, right? Like, uh, yeah, on a for someone who wasn't 
into comics so much or who had a base level comics i'd be like hey this is what it's kind of like but there's so much more going into it. and remember it's a tv show right so the world feels alive it's the one of the best superhero things i've seen ever because it feels real you actually care about the characters i care more about all of these characters than i care about most of the mcu all right that is high praise. I know, and wow. here's but here's the reason why, Kane. It's because they feel real. You understand what they're doing. They're not just doing it because they want to do it. They actually tell you why. They're like, "Hey, mm. here's what happened," and then there's the crazy twists, but not in like really annoying twists. Like they subvert your expectations in such profound ways. You're like, "Oh my god, I didn't see that coming." And I read the books. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> part. So I was like, I shouldn't have. But I was so into it, and I'm like, "Where are they going with this?" And they changed change enough to keep it fresh as well like they there's a whole big character arc where he's a superhero and his whole thing is like being a jesus freak uh but he's he's gay and you're like well what this is crazy you know and it's just and you know it's it kind of goes through the hypocrisy of all this kind of stuff homelander who is like the the superhero the main superhero is the superman stand-in you know Hmm. he's a psychopath like he's absolutely insane like and basically they kind of take on the point that he he was raised he wasn't raised by ma and pa kent so he has no he doesn't care about anybody he just pretends like he does and then that's it but there's some other fun stuff in it and it kind of you know even with those two characters that i've outlined that's such a massive departure and ending we've seen before even in movies like brightburn and stuff like that where you're like wow mm. they're really kind of breaking this down what it would be like in these circumstances you know and you know they end up going in and you know the terrorists end up getting superpowers so you have literal terrorist super villains you're like whoa what's going on and the way they set it up it's not silly because you're like okay i can't i I can't talk about it or it's all ruin it but basically how that happens is not how you think it is everything okay everything that you think that that is going to happen and all the beats that you expect from a superhero show doesn't happen. It's completely different. So, but but not in like uh, annoying way. It no, like it's they, it's very it, rewarding. It feels like it makes sense in the story. Like yeah, because the, they take a lot of time to build up the world, to build up these characters and every move that they make. You're like, okay, this makes sense. But the twists are like, it's not like oh, you thought it was this. No, it's like in this world, this is how deep we're going because it has it's like that's the difference between a good a good story and a bad story is nuance. Uh you know the real world is, ba- is based on shades of gray. This thing is all gray. No one, <laughs> no, no one is good. Everyone is bad, just in different levels of it. You know, like Carl Urban is the protagonist, but he is so brutal. It's unreal. Wow, okay, and um, this is a Garth Ennis thing, isn't yes. it? Did I, so, am I misremembering that? No, no, you're correct. So, you know, if you've read Preacher or you know about Preacher, it out-preaches Preacher in some points hmm. in the book. Well, he's very good at sort of, I mean, and you already said subverting expectations, but he's very good at taking tropes and things and yeah. pushing them in different directions. Like, Yeah, and the thing about it is, though, right, like the books get very, like there's, a, there's an analogue for the X-Men, that gets really dark which i'm not going to talk about on the radio because it's very dark um oh dear i yeah 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 um and i'm like how are you going to do this how are you actually going to do that in a show because it's it's crazy you know so look 
watch it I think you'll love it Keen. anyone who's listening now you know you won't be disappointed it's it's one of the most uh, rewarding shows that I've seen because it's what I wanted you know I, I wanted something like this for a very long time I didn't realise it was going to be the boys that would do it I thought it would have been you know a good Justice League movie but mm. actually here's something that's funny right so in the world in the world it's a brand right so Vought uh, International is the corporation that basically handles the superheroes okay but they send them on their missions and do superhero things but then they also handle their movies so in this universe superhero movies exist ah okay that's a neat little feature and all the superhero movies are a joke about the DC cinematic universe oh wow okay yeah. that, that's got me hooked yeah. already and it's funny because Seth, Ro- Seth Rogen is a producer but he also shows up as a cameo as Seth Ro- Rogen is one of the produ- one of the directors of the movie and you're like this is just great like it just has these little little pins throughout it where you're like this is just great they know exactly what they're doing could, now the question would be Kane, could this movie or sorry could this TV show exist 10 years ago yeah but it wouldn't, it wouldn't hit well, actually, you, you kind of beat me to the point on my next question, is that could this TV show exist on television were it not for streaming services? Because it's on uh, Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. And look, you know, Amazon Prime, to be fair, I have Amazon Prime because it's basically free shipping and it's cheaper. <laughs> you know, that's the reason why. But uh, the, the actual service itself is quite good. I'm actually enjoying it more than Netflix. That's the truth of it. Um, yeah, I've been. I was meaning to pick it up just to watch Good Omens, which I've heard good things about as well. Good Omens is great. The Purge is really good. I really enjoyed that and the boys. So we're three for three. I can't remember the last thing I watched on Netflix that I enjoyed. Well, the so. card is coming up as well. They've nabbed Star Trek off of Netflix. Oh, that's true. That's very very true. So yeah, look, you know, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's like six, seven, seven fifty, I think. Yeah. And that's and, because. Uh, not- Sorry, you go first. Sorry, uh, it's cheaper as well, and that's because the you know Amazon owned the servers that Netflix runs on, so they're saving overhead there, past the save and dry onto you. So look, yeah. you know, if the choice is Netflix or Amazon Prime, go for Amazon Prime. Okay, well, it's uh, just to kind of talk about the show again. Like they've kind of last week we saw a trailer for the new Watchmen series, and they've yeah. kind of beaten them to the punch as far as what Watchmen represents. That sort of answer to the yeah uh, but see superheroes ruling the roost at the moment you but know thing. see i think what they're going with that show is they're going for a more uh political take on you know the the alt-right or whatever where mm. they worship rorschach and rorschach is you know in the comic he's you know he's very very right-wing and uh, yes yes you know i not not to get into that or anything like that because that's still the scope of the show but I think that misses the point of the series, to be honest with you. Um, I would like if they had a went this direction with Watchmen. I was going to watch Watchmen because, uh, mm. you know, I, I'm a fan of the, the, the comic and I love the movie. But from a more from a more straight-laced deconstruction of what would actually happen if superheroes were real, I think the boys hits it. It's like, yeah, a lot of people would die. A lot of people would die. You know? I think... So. I think you're right because Watchmen's been around long enough that it has a weird mythos to it. Yeah, that it's hard to kind of just take on its own because they, now those characters are as popular as Batman and Superman and all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. the boys is definitely a brilliant thing to have in the media landscape at the moment. Yeah, and you know it's clean as well. You know it it, it the way it sets itself up 
uh, it sets itself up to be an analog for the world, but it has stuff in it where you're like, oh, okay, like the nine eleven thing. That thing hits so hard because you're like, this was something that was thought of, you know, like oh, if superheroes are real, why didn't they stop? Would he stop nine eleven? And did, you know, they talk mm. about Spider Man, and now you see what would probably happen if superheroes are real. You're like, wow, that's so dark, it's unreal, and it's it's so chilling as well because you're just like, oh my god, this. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, it it disturbs at a very deep level um and it's very effective on a lighter note though simon Pegg is in it right oh yeah yeah and he plays an american and it's so funny <laughs> uh just to see him you're like that, he doesn't actually a lot of the guys in this don't look like themselves whatever way they have the light and stuff like that they kind of don't look like who they are and simon Pegg, it took me a while to kind of you know go whoa because i think they da they uh aged him a bit as well and he plays uh, one of the main characters' dad, and you're like, "Oh well, okay, that's that's a choice there, Simon." But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, look. Uh, oh, Haley Joe Osmond's in it as well, which is hilarious. Really? Yeah, yeah. He plays. Uh, this is the this is the AI kid, is it? Yeah, and uh, the I can see dead people. Okay, God, it's funny that I've been playing Kingdom Hearts again for the first time in a decade, and oh, I think well. he's the main character in that too. Yeah, well, he, you know, when he popped up in it, I was like, oh, well, okay, this is kind of strange. But he actually has a pretty big role in the first series. And uh, he plays a superhero who can read minds. And he goes off into, like, the, um, you know, into the Comic-Con scene. So that's where you meet him. He's at a Comic-Con, and you're like, what? This is so crazy. So, look, it just works, you know, for for fans of, you know, comics and nerd stuff. It has everything you want. Really yes, and even for perhaps people who are getting a bit tired of the superhero thing, it seems to cater to that audience yeah, as well. Exactly, and I, it, it's just it's the perfect time for it to show that um, I that came out of nowhere. People are you know fawning all over it, and I really regret giving away those comics because I'm probably <laughs> gonna have to buy them again. So that sucks. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely worth your time. Uh, Yes, so something Excellent. I look forward to checking it out. Well, let me know what you think, man, when you watch it because uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. Excellent. So you look, mentioned that because I remember before we did a little kind of chat before we went live. Yeah. That you had like a whole shopping list of things that I came do. out this week. I'm still a bit in the dark. What else has been happening? So I want to get a bit controversial now. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So, you know, some background, right? When I was a kid. Uh, I was, you know, a big fan of Batman, still am. You know, that's basically the comics that I buy are Batman comics. Came across a show, uh, sorry, uh, a video by Patrick H. Williams. It's for uh, video listeners, for video, whoever watches the stream now. Uh, there's a clip on the, on the, on the Twitch now. If you go to Nerdux and nerdtonomedia.com, uh, you'll be able to find the link. But I was a big Batman fan loved you know probably shouldn't have seen the first two batman movies as a child but i did yeah but, but most people did but i don't remember them right i don't remember seeing them my memory of batman on the big screen kicks in around batman forever i remember everything about Batman forever i remember you know the the toys in mcdonald's i remember the the car i remember i had the batmobile i remember the kiss from a rose songs uh you know everything about it even the terrible oh my god terrible batman forever game on the sega mega drive which is the there was worst a batman forever game yeah it's awful it's so bad 
So bad. Uh, oh yeah. my god! All I remember from uh, Batman of my childhood is I remember the Batman and Robin Pogs coming <laughs> with cereal, and that's about it. I don't remember any of the other media from that time. Oh well, yeah, no, but I actually I had the Batman Forever game until a couple of years ago when I sold it into Rage. Uh, it basically they tried to they used the same Mortal Kombat functions functionality and it just doesn't work. It's terrible. Like I, I do yourself a favor, or just watch a video of a review of it or something. Don't play it. Don't buy it. It's so bad. The Batman and Returns game is actually very good, and the Batman game itself, Return Revenge Joker, is really good too. But yeah, so I never really hated Batman Forever, right? Would you say it's aged well? Well, that's the thing. This sh- this video called "Learning to Appreciate Joe Schumacher's Batman." Is, is actually a very, very good take on the whole thing. And it's not that it's aged well. It's that we can appreciate it now, right? So, I remember the reaction to Batman Forever wasn't a bad thing. People really liked it. Uh, I loved it because well, I was a kid. It was but. definitely more kid-friendly than Batman Returns, even though that one's my favourite. Yeah, well, it's, it's not only that it was more kid-friendly. It was more kind of... Had a more of a style to it. Like, Tim Burton's was very its own thing. Joel Schumacher kind of took it. Like, I love the way Gotham looked in those movies. It, you know, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Gotham has a really cool overtone. Like, really, you know, uh, the neon gothic. You know, it looks like a comic book, right? Mm. <laughs> and that's something that, you know, the modern movies don't really have. Where it just kind of looks like Chicago, because it is. Um, mm. And, it, you, you know, that, that was something that I liked. I liked the look of the Batman... Uh, Batmobile car but the thing about it is you know as we got on to the Batman and Robin stuff with the the crazy vehicles and the, the bat nipples and all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah look uh, by the time Batman and Robin came out it was it it was a completely different thing you know and I think it was misread in the such that people were expecting the Dark Knight they were expecting the, the brooding Batman and they didn't get that. They got basically 1960s Batman. That's that's a very fair comparison. Like it's very bright and colorful and campy, and there's a Batman credit card and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, but there's also yeah. other th- there's other things as well, Kane. Like Uma Thurman basically takes off as a drag performer, right? <laughs> and that's the point that this guy makes. He's like, you know, a lot of this is has it's shaded in um, gay culture overtones. And you're like, okay, you know, that makes sense, you know, and it just seems to be that, like, people got upset that it wasn't, that it was so vibrant. And looking back, I'm like, yeah, okay, right, that makes sense. And then he says that the the reaction to it was everything that that Batman and Robin did, they didn't do in X-Men. The first X-Men movie came out three years later. And that's why it's so dark and grey and, you know... They kind of, they even make a joke, you know, in it. Would you want to a yellow spandex, you know? Hmm. Uh, so it seems like it did two things. It set up the future of what comic movies would be, what the baseline would be, and then eventually get to the Dark Knight. Um, but also turn people off, you know, the the kind of campy stuff, right? Now, the thesis of this video is that now since we've had the dark knight now that we've had the christian bale batman we had some we had 
very comic book accurate movies in the MCU and all this kind of stuff. We're now able to kind of take it for what it was. If Joel Schumacher's Batman, even Batman and Robin, was out now in 2019, I think people would have a much more favourable reaction to it. Okay, that's a fair point. I still think even if you take out the controversial talking points like the Mr. Freeze ice puns and all that kind of stuff, yeah, the plot's still a bit all over the place. Like, they've got Bane in there, yeah. and Alfred's dying, and like all this, and then there's Batgirl. I think it tries to do, even if you take out the talking points, it tries to do a little bit too much. And as a it result, does. everything gets a bit watered down. It does. It does. And and the thing about that is, you know, it, it's, it's just... It didn't know what it was. They were still trying to find its taste. And the thing about Joel Schumacher... I actually really like Joel Schumacher as a director. Turns out he's made some of my favourite films. I'm a big Kiefer Sutherland fan. He loves Kiefer oh, Sutherland. you're going to say Phone Booth, yeah? I actually really like Phone Booth. I think that movie's fantastic. That's one of my favourites, yeah, It's yeah, yeah. so good. It's so underrated. Um, but he did Flatliners, which I love too. Lost Boys. So it's like, you know, he's not a bad director. It just, he did something that was so left of what people were expecting that caught people off guard. You know, Batman well, Forever... Sorry, go on. Sorry, you go on. No, actually, what I was going to say, to be fair to him, like, um, I think it could be uh, Midnight's Edge did cover the fact that he wanted to do dark things with Batman and Robin in particular, but the studio pressured him into going more family-friendly. Yeah. And there was, like, a Batman 5 where all of the batman villains put him on trial and yeah. like he was in the asylum so uh, to be fair to him like it could be that batman and robin isn't a fair representation of him and himself you know? i don't i don't think it is no i think like the, the batman forever i'm gonna stop this stop this right here and just kind of swap over the batman mm-hmm. forever uh approach i think is the actual joe schumacher batman mm. and you know what that's perfect i i think that was a good kind of balance between everything it was more family friendly but also more colorful more comic booky but then had you know some really really heavy good punches there Hmm. Uh, you know and look the plot in batman and robin is actually not as bad as donna justice yes i would agree with that wholeheartedly like donna justice uh, the theatrical release is an absolute train wreck so and that was just dark 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 so it's like i'd rather watch batman and robin than that because at least batman and robin was kind of fun that's uh, a good point batman and robin is like i mean you can criticize it but it's a film that's trying very hard to entertain you it's trying a bit too hard yeah exactly but it is throwing in lots and lots of stuff Poor arnold schwarzenegger had like gels in his eyes and like all this kind of stuff Man, and all no this no i'm of, gonna stop they you were there. working hard I'm, on that I'm film i'm gonna stop you there he got 15 million for the movie. He's in the movie for 15 minutes. He got a million per minute. Uh, who? Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh, I think Movies with Mikey did a breakdown. Like, he actually, like... I can't remember if it was the eyes or the tongue, but there was something about his costume. And he worked through it. And, like, you know, I appreciate that. That's still cool. He just wanted it to all work and everything. Yeah, and look, you know, I would say, you know, if you haven't seen the movie be patient with it i think the thing about it is now if you were to take a kid into the room and go hey look we're gonna show you a bunch of comic book movies which one do you hate and you show them a bunch of marvel movies uh and then batman and robin and whatever i I, and then you know something darker like uh 
the even even the Dark Knight Rises. I honestly think the one that they'd hate would be the darker ones because there's not much there. You know, I think the Dark Knight Rises is is a very poor movie in the trilogy. Uh, the dar the sorry the Dawn of Justice and the Superman that whole DCU thing. Ter- mm. You know, it didn't really have any substance. It had a little bit of style, but then was just completely, completely thrown away. At least with Joel Schumacher as a director, you know he has a lot to bring to the table. And he did. And I would say, look, maybe give it a watch. I I watched Batman Forever a couple of years, two years ago. Still very good. Still a very good movie. Um, oh yeah, Jim Carrey certainly makes it. And actually, oh, yeah. you know what? I'd, I'd stand up for Tommy Lee Jones as Harvey Dent too. I quite like him as well. Yeah, and look, I I like Val Kilmer as, as Bruce Wayne. He's terrible Batman. Yeah. Terrible Batman. He is really bad, and it's because he's not distinct. But as Bruce Wayne, he's quite a good Bruce Wayne actually. Um, well, well, you bring up a good point there. George Clooney like has openly kind of mocked Batman and Robin several times over the years. Like, yeah. do you think that's worth taking into account? Or no, I think that's just to win points. Uh, you know, it, it's it's easy to beat up something that everybody hates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, there's nothing in that in that movie that I find grossly offensive. I could do oh, without I yeah. I could do without the bat nipples to be fair, <laughs> like it's just not needed. Um, but the thing about it is, it's like as a movie, it works. It's telling a story. The story makes mm. sense, kinda, and it just does a little bit too much. You know, you compare it to other Batman movies where he actually doesn't behave like the Batman. And here's the thing, actually, they do establish the way this Batman behaves very early on. You know, the Batman that we. So it's consistent. The Batman that we see in The Dark Knight, for example, he's not consistent. He's not consistent at all. It's like, this makes no sense. You know, particularly when you get to The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, it's just completely different character. But that's a different discussion. What I'd say is, look, guys, it's time to get over the Joel Schumacher hate. Joel Schumacher's a good lad. But here's the funny, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the funny thing about it is, in the Batman animated series, they actually do a joke uh, based on Joel Schumacher. Have you seen this? No, no, I haven't. All right, so uh, you can find the clip on YouTube. Just type in Joel Schumacher, Batman the Animated Series. And it's a bunch of kids. They're telling the story about, you know, their, what they heard about Batman, you know. And uh, it's it's a bunch of kids just telling stories. And every time they tell a story, it, it reverts back to a different form of Batman. So there's one where it's like the 1960s cartoon. And then there's one that's in the style of The Dark Knight Returns with female Robin. And then they walk past the shoemaker shop, and then they're like, "This this kid walks out with a with a feather boa, and they're like, oh hey Joel," and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, oh you know I uh you know if I had Batman I'd have him in a rubber suit, and then you know I was kind of with his muscles and all that kind of stuff, and the kids are like, "Haha you're so funny Joel," and they walk away. Oh, I'm like, gonna have to YouTube yeah, this afterwards. Speaking I, of which, yeah. actually, just so I can check out uh, this video that you've recommended, what's the Batman and Robin video that we should all check out? Yes. So if you're watching, if you weren't watching on Twitch, uh, the video is "Learning to Appreciate Joel Schumacher's Batman" by Patrick H. Williams. So uh, yeah, do check it out. Patrick it's H. Williams. Yeah. And, uh, as a counterpoint to that, uh, Lindsay Ellis has a wonderful breakdown of. Phantom of the Opera, also by Joel Schumacher. Ah, uh, yes. Oh. Honestly, more directed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. So she breaks down his style as well. Oh, oof. 
Yeah, that, that's indeed. That's 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 a whole different topic. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole different topic. Um, but something a little bit lighter. Uh, I'm really, really excited about something which I didn't think I was going to be right. So again, just to swap over screens here. I'm not a Nintendo fan that much. All right, like I like Nintendo. But I'm still, you know, Sega is where my heart is, right? So I'm, I'm still bitter about the whole Sega war, right? But like, not even low key, man. Like I, you know, I still have got even over. even after all the bad Sonic games, you're still with Sega. Oh man, Sonic! You know, I can forgive. I can forgive. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? So I didn't get a Switch. It just didn't appeal to me. I'm like, oh, it's kind of silly, you know. And I know some people love it, and that's cool. But I'm like, oh, it's a bit too. It's a bit too much to carry around, right? But the Nintendo new Switch Lite, I'm very intrigued by. I think. It's, okay, so what's so what's the difference between that and the original Switch? Well, it, it it's actually a thing you can carry around, right? Like it's <laughs> like I know you can carry this, but like I would, I just fear losing pieces of it on the Lewis or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is, it, it feels like, it's like a big Game Boy, you know? And it, it's just a singular thing that you can just, you know, now obviously the game pads and stuff aren't on it, it's just one compete system. It's actually, it looks very much like uh, the 2DS. Okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to pick that, well, I'm not probably, I definitely am going to pick this up. Uh, it's coming out on the 20th of September in the US and uh, I think it's the same in Europe as well. But uh, it's launching with Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, uh, ah, okay. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Now, one big thing to note is the Switch Lite won't be able to connect to the TV via the dock. It still uses USB-C to charge, like the larger Switch. Um, but it does have a port. So, you know, you can't have the dock. But, you know, they'll come around. And to be fair, look... I'd never plug this into the TV anyway. Um, my portable... Ge- call me crazy. Call me old school. But my portable <laughs> gaming systems, I like to be portable. So, uh, you know... I'd- yeah, I'd agree with you. I still have the original Nintendo DS and the PSP as my main go-to things. Yeah, exactly. You know, I still play the PSP a lot. I was actually uh, fooling around with my uh, 3DS today. So, um, you know, I'm happy enough with that. But I think I- I'm going to give the Switch Lite a go. Um, because I think it's, you know, a, a really nice bit of kit. W- what do you think, Keen? Are are you a Switch fan, Nintendo fanboy? What's going? On? I am a Nintendo fan. I've still got my Nintendo sixty four. Uh, but uh, I couldn't really find any games that gelled with me on right. the Nintendo Wii, apart from the Super Mario ones. So I haven't really picked up anything since that or the DS. Right. Uh, I have kind of backseat played Breath of the Wild, which actually I was going to ask you. What games do you th- would you be most excited to play on the Switch? Uh, well, see, that's the thing. You know, I haven't really kind of, you know, explored the Switch because I don't have one. And it's not really in my sphere. Now, obviously, you know, I, I know the games that are on it. But, you know, if I pick it up, then I'll probably get more into it. Um, the Pokemon games are what's kind of pulling me in. Um, mm. I saw that the, the, the Mortal Kombat uh, 11 port is crazy. <laughs> So I'm kind of interested to check that out from a morbid standpoint, but um. Well, well, actually, let's yeah. dwell on Pokemon for a sec. Like, sure. I'm, what I'm wondering is because I haven't played a Pokemon game since maybe Pearl, the DS one. Like, right. What can a Pokemon game offer that Pokemon Go doesn't offer for free? Ah, oh, well, nothing's for free. That's the thing. They just want you to think it's no. For free. But Pokemon Go is for free. 
Um, well, look, you know, it's it's supposed to be a different experience. Like, it's not much of a story in Pokemon Go, you know. I suppose that's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, Pokemon Go was more just a, a AR kind of thing. You know, um, more of a, a meme than anything else. But the games itself, you kind of want to invest in. And the thing about it is, uh, I do a lot of traveling, so most of the gaming I do would be would be mobile now i have a, a gdp win which is a tiny little computer so that's how i play a lot of a lot of games from steam but you know i'd never actually get to sit down and play a new pokemon game from start to finish like i would when i was a kid so the fact now that i'll I'd be able to have this and take it with me is is what's appealing to me even if i'm not a fan of it then you know i can just you know sell it or whatever but it's it, it's what Nintendo should have done from, from the beginning. You know, it's like, offer people the choice because I think Nintendo, for me, like, I have the Wii. I didn't like the Wii at all up until I hacked it and turned it into a, a little emulation station, which is, it's mm. it's really nice now. I, I play some uh, GameCube games on and stuff, so it actually serves a purpose now. But for me, I always think Nintendo's strong point is as a, as a mobile thing. You know, the, they're, they're, they're the games that you pick up and play for a couple of minutes or an hour or two if it's Pokemon uh, you wouldn't sit there and, and hockey 100 hours into it you know what I mean that's not what well, what well I'm glad do. Nintendo are still around because so many games now I'm not really up to speed with the new with the gaming kind of sphere and all that kind of stuff but so many games seem to be very very heavy and downbeat and time consuming things like your, even the good ones like Cyberpunk or New God of War and stuff I, I, quite, I like gaming to relax like especially now that i've got a young kid like so i'm really glad nintendo are still going offering just you know little bits of fun experience like that's kind of what i look for in a game yeah no look i'm the same too you know you you don't want everything to to be so dour and downbeat that said though i really wanted to like i really wanted to play a game that had some kind of weight to it like where you shoot something and actually kind of feels satisfying Mm. so i popped on bullet storm and that just didn't do it and then i'm like oh wait i have doom 2016 i put on doom and i was like yeah okay this is perfect so uh you know i you know i kind of contradicted myself there but you know what i mean like the, the main thing about gaming is that you have choice and it's important that you can play a doom but then you can also play a mario or pokemon you know it's mm-hmm. i think for a while there it was case for a while particularly with the 360 where everything was gunmetal grey and you know you couldn't play a game with a, with a child in the room you know uh, even mm. with a with a you know an 8 year old 10 year old in the room because you're blowing some guy's head off you know <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not good you know to yeah, kind of yeah. see you know but um, no I agree with you man you know I, I'm happy Nintendo around now still would rather it was Sega but <laughs> it is <laughs> what it is actually here's the funny thing like I don't know have you ever played Dreamcast man no, I haven't. Oh, Dreamcast is great. But for anyone who's a fan of the Dreamcast, and you should be, um, they've released a new, not they, collectively the internet, there's a new upscaler where you can basically go straight in HDMI so you can play your awesome fighting series games mm-hmm. in full 720. Some of the best fighting games actually are on the Dreamcast, like Guilty Gear. Um, so definitely give it a look man if, if you have a chance or even some of the series that came off if you look if you're into fighting games guilty gear is is the the series to follow okay excellent well i'm certainly excited by the prospect of a 2ds as well so oh yeah not 2ds oh what's it oh, called uh, uh, nintendo the switch, switch light switch light yeah 
yeah, so that's it, man. And you know what? Again, we've reached time. I have to say, you know, and I know I said every week, but it's true. This is like the quickest hour. The quickest hour of the week for me. It's well, ridiculous. you get talking about Batman and Robin, like, you know, days disappear. Oh, it's crazy. But, uh, Keen, is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh, wrap up here, sir? Uh, no, I suppose just one more time, our own Comic-Con panel on the Sunday. We're on uh, Sunday at 3 o'clock in uh, panel room 1. Uh, so, and our panel will be called Everything is Wrestling, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Literally, Literally. everything is wrestling. <laughs> and uh, basically, the concept is, I should say, I'm not a wrestling fan at all, uh, but the concept is is that yourself and Bryn can somehow tie everything back to wrestling. So if I said Sherlock Holmes, you would find some way to tie it back to wrestling, right? Correct. And the thing about it is, you know, Keen, you're not a wrestling fan, which is great. That's who we want. Guys, if you're not a wrestling fan, please come. Because... But, yeah, sorry, go on. No, but that's the thing, because, you know, we're going to be taking your your suggestions, along with the ones that Keen comes up with, and we're going to try to tie it all back to wrestling because everything does come back to wrestling. Excellent. And uh, as he said, like if you want to hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter or anything with ideas, they will certainly end up in the show. We'll do what we can. Yeah. O- of course, you're more than welcome to come along and see us live and heckle us, I believe. Uh, one friend of mine has threatened to turn up and throw superhero underwear, so it'll be an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, hopefully there is a turnout. You know, it's it's our first time doing this. It's our first time kind of doing anything, uh, you know, in this format. So, you know, hopefully it's the first of many. Uh, we'll have some cards and stuff like that as well. So, uh, yeah, if you're around Comic-Con on Sunday you know pop in and you know tell me why i'm wrong about harry potter <laughs> <laughs> oh that that's that's we'll save that for the one next part exactly exactly <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna save that one but uh yeah guys or why you're wrong about batman and robin just go on come on and tell dara why he's wrong <laughs> <laughs> remember guys if you are checking us out at phoenix 92.5 fm we're not going anywhere we're at the same time slot at 5 p.m on saturday but we will be doing the show on Twitch uh, Thursday nights anyway so uh, thanks very much for everyone who joins us on Twitch as well so until next week we're Nerd Snow Basis here on Nerd Snow Media and Phoenix 92.5 FM talk to you next week we'll see you again soon